Welcome in to the Sports Burrito Podcast. As always, I am Blake Brinkley, and I'm here with... I'm Tom. What's going on? Thank y'all for joining us. Uh, it is late Monday night, June 28th. Um, we are in the middle of the Suns-Clippers game and the Lightning and Canadians. Not so, it's been uh, it's been very eventful. Um, currently, we're at halftime of the Suns Clippers, and Tampa Bay Lightning is up three to one on Montreal. What a year for Tampa Bay! It looks like, in my opinion, they're gonna get double championships because Buccaneers and the Lightning is it is the Lightning back to back? Would be back to back championships for Tampa Bay. So, triple, triple crown. Wow. Well, the Rays lost in the World Series, too. Yeah, yeah, and they, their fans suck. So, but in, in, in Tampa Bay's defense, they do have, like, the worst stadium in all of Major League Baseball, so. Move them to Montreal. Move, Move them, them to Vancouver. To Raleigh, North Carolina. That's what they need to do. Put on them Raleigh. Let the Bulls be right down the road. That sounds like an excellent combo. At MLB. Do what's right. Okay. But yeah, so uh, both I think we uh, do we uh do we both agree on our on the lightning? We're we're both taking the lightning. I love a good underdog story. Montreal's been, you know, fun. Great. No shot, right? Uh, no, fuck the lightning. I'm going with the Habs all the way. You're going with the, <laughs> going with Montreal. Oh hell yes! They oh, barely have yes. a winning record. Oh my god! But they beat every got- That's that's the thing you don't understand about hockey, Blake. Like, oh you think god. any team can win in the freaking NCAA tournament? Hockey, hockey, you just make the playoffs and whoever wins the damn games wins the damn I, I very well am aware they've had more eight seeds win, more like bottom seeds win first round than any other sport. And they've had more one seeds get knocked out early on than any other sport. I'm aware. It's just, you know, Tampa Bay is dominant. They just are. I think if Tampa Bay wasn't in the league this year, the, the Hurricanes would be – might be in probably in this game. So but we are not we try with hockey. I think uh you're more of a hockey guy than I am. But right now we're both a lot more into the Euros. <clears throat> Today was absolutely fantastic soccer. As exciting as soccer really can get. Absolutely. What a day of blown 3-1 leads. <clears throat> it's like we're back in the 2016 NBA playoffs. Yeah, it's very tough. It's a crazy it's day. Tough. Even crazier that, like, both those leads were blown in, like, I think 15 minutes for Spain and, like, eight or seven minutes for um. Spain gave, up, Spain gave up both their goals in seven minutes to tie the game after giving up an own goal to even give Croatia any goals. Insane. Uh, and then in extra time, they scored both their goals within three minutes of each other. <laughs> so Spain moves on, 5-3. It was an excellent game. Sorry, Croatia. That sucks, but Croatia's defense was Swiss cheese. That was not good. Um, and then the France-Switzerland was really good soccer, dude. That was a really good game. And what did I say in the previous podcast? Um, Switzerland, they they can make some noise. They certainly made some noise. Shocked the whole world. Dangerous. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I I hear from commentators. I hear from analysts that their problem is their defense. But I mean, if you score goals like that, I mean, if you score three goals every night, you're going to win more games than not. I mean, and that was France's. I mean, France's prior to that game to, to that match. I think we we would have both thought it's probably the best team in the world, you know? 
if best not team in the world, but not the favorite to win the Euros. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, and even though Pogba gave up the pose- gave up possession um, to le- let the game time goal before uh, extra time, that goal in the seventy fifth minute by Pogba was very FIFA like. It was beautiful. I was I was actually gonna say though if honestly I think Kareem Benzema when he plays for France is like the best striker in the world <laughs> when he's playing for France I don't know what the dude is just really good when he's wearing a France uniform didn't he have like a five six year drought of not scoring an international goal he really um changed his fortunes this tournament. Yeah, I think but he had like one goal this tournament so far. Unlucky for France, um, Mbappe just couldn't show up this tournament. Yeah, I, th- well, have, I think did he have hurt. one goal or no goals this tournament? Uh, I am not sure. Let us see. I'm not sure, but he had been getting quite a bit of um. Quite a bit of flack from... He had no goals. No well, goals. he had one that was disavowed by VAR, so... I just yeah, want to yeah. point out, fuck VAR. I, I don't yeah. like having to wait two minutes after a goal is scored to know if it counts or not. It's pretty annoying. Ruins the moment every single time it happens. It but does. rules are rules. What can you do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing, like... The NBA with the current thing, it's been happening a couple times lately. The ball being poked out and the obvious intent uh, where the defender poked the ball out, but it rolled off the offensive guy's fingers when he poked it out of his hand. And it, you know, I mean, that, yes, technically that's the right call, but also it's 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 annoying and not fun. That has, that has to be a rule for a reason, or else defenders would abuse that the whole game. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, that that game two call was a bunch of BS. Uh, thank yeah. you, DeAndre Ayton, um, and Paul George for reminding us that ball don't lie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, back to Mbappe, dude. I I know he missed that goal and all that, but I mean, that sucks. And feel bad for the kid, but I mean, he is still like, how old he? He's uh, he's twenty two years old. And is best. one of the best five players in the world, probably five to ten players in the world. I mean, yep, and he's richer than us. He's more handsome than us. Yeah, so uh, I can only a lot of only, things. You can only get, get down to so much. How many people in the world can say they won a World Cup before reaching the age of twenty-five? Not only won a World Cup was was the star of the World Cup. Like, came out as one of the best in the world, on the biggest stage in the world, because I hate to break it to you, if there's anybody that's listening that doesn't like soccer, the World Cup is the biggest stage in the world, not the Super Bowl, not anything America has to offer. I love the NBA playoffs, love the Super Bowl, great. World Cup and Euros is bigger. It just is, because it's everywhere else, so... Uh, I'm sure France will bounce back for um, next year's World Cup. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be ready and they'll they'll make some more noise. That was uh was a weird it was a weird game. The goal they gave up in the 90th minute was really it felt like it wasn't supposed to happen because it was just kind of like boom there goal. And I, it I mean it was a great through pass um, and. The gr- a great mood to get past Varane, and I don't do just hit the shot. And Loris was absolutely terrible at stopping PKs, but I mean I know it's guessing, and the guys are supposed to score, but whew, he was nowhere close. I think more than anything, PKs are just like a coin flip, not even like a coin flip in the sense it's like there's a about ninety percent chance the guy is gonna score. Unless you have some kind of godly goalkeeper that just woke up and became a psychic or something. Odds like are the guys. Like Sumner for Switzerland today? When he blocked yeah. 
Mbappe's? Because, I mean, that wasn't a terrible shot. I mean, was, he was getting uh, close on um, the previous couple PKs. He was starting to guess right and just couldn't reach. They kept going anything. back to the same spot. He did what I think they should always do. Jump the same direction every single time because someone's going to kick it there. My, That's how I feel about that it. Only works, that only works in people, buddy. No, no. They, they, they look, at, they look at the goalkeeper patterns before the – Well, I'm saying – I know they look at patterns. I, I don't mean – Always do that, but in that stage, I feel like that's not a pattern. That's not something he's done before that stage. That's what I would do personally. I mean, because the goalkeepers look at kicking patterns too, but uh, doesn't seem to help much, does it? Okay, so um, moving on, um, with our Euro uh, coverage, uh, who are your two um, final teams? To go to the um, championship. Well, before, what do you have right now? Before this weekend, it was um, Belgium and Netherlands. Uh, but uh, I don't think the Netherlands are in that conversation anymore. I still think um, I'm still pretty confident in Belgium. I think they're the best all-around team left. So. I feel good about that. Uh, we've got Sweden, Ukraine left. I think Swedes are going to take that one. This, I mean, Ukraine's fine, but yeah, I, I just think that's going to be uh, Sweden, and then. Well, I would have much rather seen Slovakia make it out of their group rather than Ukraine. To me, it didn't feel like Ukraine deserved to make it out. It feels but, like Slovakia um, would have been much more competitive. Absolutely, but. The cards just didn't roll that way. Unfortunately for Slovakia, they gave up, I think, yeah. five goals against Spain. And did, that just killed all hopes. Yeah. Um, um, so did you it, say your finals already? No, uh, I'm looking at it right now. I still think it's going to be Belgium. Um, from the out of Italy, Spain, and Switzerland. And then on the top... Top is really tough. I know you feel sweet. You really like Sweden. I know. I know that. Um, yeah. I I think it's gonna be England. I know that's a really lame answer, uh, and I know it's a they got to play either Denmark or the or Czech, whoever whoever comes oh, out of got Germany first. Yeah, I, and that's the hardest. That's the thing is of the teams left. That is by far the hardest match. So I feel like. If they beat Germany, they're going to get to the final. My, that's how I feel. But as I, we've you already never, said, yes. you really know with soccer. Huh? You never really know with soccer. Yeah, as we know with, with – as we already saw it for me, France lost to Switzerland today in an absolute shock. So, I mean, it'll, it'll probably end up being someone weird. But I just got a feeling. I got a feeling we're gonna have. Usually, how these things work out is there's some upsets, but still the final two is somewhat predictable in my mind. So that's I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stick with England and Belgium. What about you? Um, I'm going with Belgium and Sweden. Um, Sweden they perform really good in international tournaments, riding off the momentum of the World Cup. Uh, on their group pretty easily. And they have pretty easy draws right now. And we all know the common joke about England football. Um, we all thought in 2016 that it was finally going to come home. But it didn't come home, and it sure as hell ain't coming home this year. Uh, they will lose... I don't most think they're going to Most likely before the semifinals, they'll lose to someone. I mean, I think at this, point, at this point, all the teams that made it past the first round of knockout stage, yeah, they feel happy, but the job ain't done. Uh, right now, a lot of the teams that are left are pretty damn good teams. Yeah, they, they are. They are. Um I, I don't think they're going to win. I think it's going to be Belgium. I think Belgium's the favorite. I think they're the best team 
Uh, yeah, I just think it's Belgium. Um, but yeah, so, uh, do you, can you do a Swedish accent? Uh, since you're all in on your Swedes, like, do you have a, do you have a Swedish accent you can give me? I don't know what the hell a Swedish accent is, buddy. Alright, we'll work on that. If they make it to the final, you've got to do the episode that week fully with a Swedish accent. I'll also do it with a Swedish um, shot of fireball. How about that? Is fireball Swedish? Uh, no, I was just going to get some fireball and pour some Swedish fish in it. Oh, okay. That sounds gross. All right. Well, moving away <laughs> from Sweden or anything like that, uh, we got the NBA right now. I think we're both watching the Clippers and the Suns. Clippers have a small lead right now. Oh, not small. It's at nine points. Um, but the big news, I think, so far this week has been the new head coaches we've got so far. Um, the Mavericks added Jason Kidd. How did you feel about Jason Kidd as a hire? Oh, it was a pretty weird hire. I felt like it was a... Pretty big downgrade from Carlisle, but Mark Cuban, he's pretty good at picking guys. I don't think Jason Kidd's a good coach, but we're going to have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I've got a lot of reservations about it myself, being a Mavericks fan. Um, the only thing that I think is really good about it is he's a player's coach, and people might want to play for him because they know him, he's got connections, people respect him. So that's the only thing that, you know, I, I think is cool about it. Uh, but as long as Luke is happy and it can bring other free agent talent, I uh, I think I think it'll it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, and Rick Carlisle to the Pacers. I think for the Pacers, I think it's a great hire. I think he fits with the type of basketball they play. Um he goes from Dirk to Domitas Sabonis. So I um <clears throat> Yeah, I think I think that'll fit. What about you? Uh I think the Pacers are the perfect mediocre team. <laughs> I don't see how he can do a much better job than Nate McMillan did when the Pacers yeah. were like uh four seed or something like that. Took LeBron and the Cavs to seven games. Yep. Yeah. I now, think it was yeah. just a matter of Rick Carlisle going back to Pacers as he coached for them before he coached for the Mavs, I think. The Indiana Pacers firing Nate McMillan is the quintessential the grass is not always greener because that man is a great coach and they thought that they were settling and not getting as much as they should have out of him, and look what he does with Atlanta. I mean, they weren't. Um, they had Oladipo before he got hurt. They had a bunch of good teams that over always overperformed in the regular season. Yep. But come playoff time, there was always something that happened that just they couldn't win in the playoffs with them. Yeah, and, and they blamed Nate McMillan for it when I, I mean that'd be like this year firing Steve Nash because the Nets lost. Oh, oh, people it, were calling for his head. When it was it, it was not on Steve it's on everybody's hurt. We had half of a James Harden if if you know play the last game of that series and then I don't even know what was I don't even know really what was wrong with Kyrie. Was this his knee? It was his ankle. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because Kyrie's in and out of games all the time, and it's it's hurt, not hurt. I can't tell, and it's just weird. I don't know. But, yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have got let go of Nate McMillan. I, I just still, it was weird. So, But uh, the Indiana Pacers replaced him with a good coach. Carlisle's a good coach. So I think they'll be perennial 6-8 to eight seed for the next four years. And then fire him too. Uh, 
And then we've got Ime Udoka. Um, NBA, former NBA player. Uh, played from 2002 to 2012. Averaged five points a game during his career. I knew nothing about him uh, before last week. Never heard of him, but he seems to get very high recommendations from everyone around the league. So, a former that, um, assistant coach for uh, Popovich and the Spurs. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's always a good thing to have under your belt. It really, it just is. Um, he's played with a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches. I'm sure his lack of playing in the NBA was let more about ability rather than knowledge. So. I uh, I think it'll be. I mean, I don't know a lot about it. It's probably the least, the most uh, like uh, murky hire. Like I just don't know enough about him. But being from Popovich, understandable. Um, and I think that Brad Stevens is a really smart guy, and he's not going to hire anybody that whoever he hired. I felt like was going to be up to his ability as a coach. It's obviously, because he, he knows what good coaching looks like. He knows what bad coaching looks like. So I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna trust that um, he's gonna do the right thing. Uh, oh my God, I, did you just witness Paul George send Chris Paul flying across the floor? No, you're ahead of me. Remember, I am ahead of you. Oh. I have cable, so he was a stream stream guy. So if anybody's watching streams, I am the worst person ever. So because I I've done this to him three times a day on accident. Uh, yeah. So, Fuck you. Very sorry. Very sorry. I keep doing that. Um, and let's get into probably the the most odd and most like controversial hire of uh, Chauncey Billups. And. What is your what is your take on the the Chauncey Billups backlash so far? Um, it's pretty understandable, but um, at the same point, why are uh, why is all the criticism going towards your star player Damian Lillard? Like, you're probably just chilling at home, um, trying to um help the organization uh, get a winning team. Um, they just sent him a list of coaches they were looking for, uh, asking who he liked. And, um, obviously, him and Chauncey have had a relationship for a while. Um, Chauncey was actually his pre-draft comparison. So um, I think for Dame, that was pretty much, a, I think, a good choice for him. But um, I, I don't understand why he's getting any hate towards him at all. Like, I didn't even know um, Chauncey did anything back in 1997, was it? I wasn't even born yet. I, I had no knowledge of it either. Um, you know, I mean, it is bad. I mean, the the history of it's not great. Um, but, and I understand why people being upset with it, especially when Becky Hammond is the other option. Um, is most likely was, was probably the second choice. Um, with, and she's going to be an NBA coach at some point. That's hands down. It's just going to be which team is going to pull the trigger first. Because she's knows enough. It's worth it. She's definitely going to, she's going to be a coach and she's probably going to do a pretty good job. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not great. And it, I, the optics look bad, but the, the Damian Lillard thing, as Trailblazers fans, why would you go out of your way to upset the only person that has been carrying your franchise <laughs> out of mediocrity? For I mean, because they've been Trailblazers historically have been mediocre. You know, they've had little you know runs here and there, but I mean, even though they've only been to the finals, Western Conference Finals once. He makes them a contender every year just by putting on that jersey. And you're going to get all on his back about this. And it seems, I don't, that seems like bad business. That's just what people um, from Portland do. They stick their neck in things that don't really have anything to do with them. And they yeah. are relentless at just 
fucking shit up. They're it's wild. rowdy I mean, bunch of people. That would be like me as a Mavericks fan. Blaming Luka because I don't like the Jason Kidd hire. For whatever reason it may or may not be, if I blame Luka for it. That just seems like like bad business. Um, or but, getting mad at them just because they didn't hire someone you think they should hire when you yourself don't even fucking watch basketball. What the fuck are you doing? Or you yourself. Like, it wasn't even really Trailblazers fans uh, replying to Damian Lillard on Twitter. There's a bunch of fans of other teams, I guess. They're I doing guess. some kind That's of true. sabotage thing. Yeah, a little but, bit. Um, but the Chauncey Billups thing, I, I, yes, what he did wasn't great, and I, that was a very long time ago, and he has shown no history of doing it again. I don't know whether he has or not. I don't know whether he's a good guy or not. Um, but he's been, you know, coaching on and off and working for Disney. You know, ESPN's owned by Disney, and I feel like if it wasn't a problem then, it shouldn't be a, a problem now. Just because you're disappointed, you didn't get what you want. Oh, that's that's what a lot of people don't understand nowadays. You can't get everything you want and then vent on Twitter and expect things to magically go your way or something like that. You yeah. just have to be you just have to be smart about it. Realize you're talking to other human beings too. Yeah, and I mean, Jason Kidd has got his hire got nowhere near the flat, and he got arrested for domestic violence in two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. two thousand one. Had to take anger management. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's a it's a tough situation, one that we are not smart enough men to handle. So we're gonna I, leave I, to the. I sure shit didn't watch basketball back then. We're gonna I'm we're gonna so leave it to the like quote unquote that. professionals. Leave it that. to the professionals. And instead, I'm gonna talk about why the Philadelphia 76ers should 100% trade Ben Simmons or anyone that has a jump shot, or yeah, who make wants the guy ben Simmons? <clears throat> or make the guy play wing or forward or something, because. What's happening right now, we've talked about it almost <laughs> several episodes in a row now, but the, now people are starting to question it. I have been, you know me, I've been on this train for a long time that he is overrated, and he is, now he is an elite defender, great on-ball, great off-ball, does all the, the good things, but he cannot facilitate your offense and be the primary ball handler and you be on a successful NBA team. That's not uh, championship caliber. Yeah, you're right. About the point about him being overrated, I think certain parts of his game are overrated. His um, playmaking capabilities are overrated. His defense is pretty solid. His shot, his shot making capabilities are underrated. Um, people don't people don't give him as much flack during the regular season for not making shots because yeah. he puts up pretty stats. But the playoffs yeah, is negative, I think. They don't care because it looks cool that he's, you know, if he comes up with twelve, nine, and seven, yeah, that looks great and it's productive and you know it looks good on a stat sheet. But that doesn't show how much of the offense got drugged down by them being able to sit a defender 15 feet away from him while he's at three-point line. That, also, that he is, shot, huh? also, he shot free throws uh, much better during the regular season compared to the point. Yeah, I just One don't think... One of the think... worst free throw performances you will ever see in the playoffs. And on top of that, I mean, and it, it goes all the way back to college to me because when it came down to winning time, he does not put his team over the top. And that's that can't be your superstar. You know, Embiid is the, the, the superstar there. I, I get that. 
But if Ben Simmons is going to be paid a max contract and be expected to be the one of the leaders on the team, he's got to help put his team over the edge in those big moments, and he doesn't. If, if anything, it kind of holds him back, you know, when it comes offensively, and that's part of the game. Because, I mean, if not, he's got to be a big man who can switch. If he is just a big guy who get is good at you know picking rolls and cutting to the rim, that makes him a great asset and, and an elite defender who can guard one through five. That is amazing, awesome. Any team would love to have that. But being the primary ball handler is, I just don't think it it's gonna work on a championship caliber team because teams get too creative defensively in the playoffs because they only have to focus on a game plan for your team for the next two weeks. And it's just I don't know. I just don't uh I don't I don't care for it. And I know that I've seen some trade stuff. I've seen some teams that are I saw that I think it was the Spurs there was a report that they're willing to trade anyone and everyone for Ben Simmons. Uh I think that was a fake report. False, I mean, false, just, um, false news. I don't. I mean, all of, none of them are really news because it's all like speculation. But yeah, the true. Spurs are a team I could see that might like his uh, skill set um, and could probably do well with him. Um, I think the Spurs would like his skill set. I think, I think he'd fit really good with Utah. Um, because anywhere oh, another, another big guy that plays defense and can't shoot, I think he'd fit really good in the fact that they would then be the best defensive team in the NBA, and I think that would make up for the fact that they can't shoot as well, and they could play in transitional. He runs transition a whole lot better than Gobert, and he's not gonna bog up the offense because Gobert sometimes. S- slows things down because he he has no rhythm on offense other than my run to the rim and you throw it at me throw it to me and I'm, I might dunk it um Ben Simmons can do other things he can post up you know he can drive to the rim and finish very well just he needs to be a secondary or tertiary ball handler that's just the way it is so that's just that's how I feel about it, and I, I know I know we differ a little bit on it. Uh, I mean, what what do you think? What do you think he needs to do, or that the Seventy Sixers need to do? Um, right now I feel like Ben Simmons is a broken player. Uh, his days in Philly, they have to be numbered because I don't see how he can improve by staying there. He's been there for a while, and he's been pretty much the exact same player with just marginal improvements. And sometimes it feels like he doesn't really care too much um, on the court. So it's fair. a change of scenario would be best for him um, somewhere with a veteran coaching staff, somewhere like the Spurs. Or maybe somewhere where he can just be the number one option or something like that. If that's what he yeah. needs, if that's the motivation he needs. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from that, we still got one more. We got the uh, since the playoffs are winding down, we got the free agency, NBA free agency coming up. Um. And you are a Heat fan, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. Okay, and you are aware Duncan Robinson is a restricted free agent. Yeah, he's about to make a bunch of money this um, offseason. So is Oladipo and Kendrick Nunn. So you guys got a lot of uh, a lot of free agents and a lot of, a lot of money you got to move around. Yeah, Oladipo can go fuck himself, though. Fucking scam the whole <laughs> team. Scam the whole city of Miami. Buy a fucking nice-ass house and just chill there. Only play three games this, this fucking season. Whoops, I, um, I, I'm injury-prone, but shit, I got paid, like, $24 million. <laughs> so I'm just going to have surgery and not give a fuck about the rest of the season. Hey, um, 
Thanks for three games. Thanks for Money Miami. Um, I'll see you guys. Um, never. Um. Well, what what free agents interest you as a whole? Not just as a Heat fan, but what what guys really like? You know, you're really interested to to find out where they go. Because I I got a couple, but I want to hear what you got first. Will be um, Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball. Those are my big three guys. I have no clue where where they'll go. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, also a free agent, pretty um nice guy. That's absolutely leaving Brooklyn. Uh, Derek Rose, free agent. Dennis Schroeder, um, bum. <laughs> we have a whole bunch of other people like your one of your favorite players, Rashawn Holmes. He's a free agent. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes. I'm very interested in him. Now, as a Mavericks fan, I will say, now, Rashawn Holmes or Jared Allen is, is my dream for matchup with Luka. I really think it would it would maximize, you know, what he needs from a from a center, from a big man. Um, I'm really interested in Lonzo. I know he's a restricted free agent, but I don't think New Orleans particularly cares to have him back right now. Um, and... You know, of course, Mike all the Conley. Help they can get. I really, I'm really interested in Mike Conley because I know he found, he felt like he fit in Utah. But I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NBA that could use a solid point guard and veteran presence. So I don't, I don't know if Utah's got the the money if they're going to want to throw that money at him because somebody's going to throw money at him, somebody that needs it. You know, Philadelphia is a team that could use a Mike Conley. Um, Mike Conley, John Collins. John Collins is another big one. I don't know if the Hawks have the money because he's going to get paid because offensively he is an animal. Oh, you for know. sure he's going to get paid by the Hawks. I, I mean, you think the Hawks are going to pay him? Yeah, absolutely. Who the hell is he makes, paying right now? He makes 11 mil right now, and I, I imagine he's going to make upwards to 20 a year. They got, they got the space for it. I mean, they're, they're paying Capella, and they're going to have to save money to pay Trey Young, and they're playing, uh, paying Bogey. Trey Young can get his extension this season, right? Same as Luka. Yeah, he can get an extension now, but they're going to have to pay him soon. So, that I mean, that's going to be on the books. So Yeah, but who else are they paying besides those guys? I mean, they have Gallup. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. NBA, NBA teams have more money than you think nowadays. It's not really like the per se. They get NFL. It's not like you know, two K guys, people that like read stuff for like minimum. I mean, read that, that they think that you know the budget's limited because on two K you really they limit you on you know how you can do your team. Like you can't have more than two or three stars usually. But in real life, the a lot of these guys take minimum contracts. I mean, Andre Drummond was on a minimum contract, and that's a poor example because he sucks. But you know he. Historically, is not that bad. I mean, averages he averaged fifteen and twelve this year, and on paper that sounds fine, but he's he's not good. Um, other than that, uh, I was interested in Evan Fournier, but I don't know if it was just the Celtics or what. But he didn't look that good when he was there. I think it. I think it was just the Celtics combined with him being sick and out for a couple weeks. Now, also, one one thing that I thought was weird. Um, so, you know, earlier in the year when Portland and Toronto swapped Gary Trent and Norman Powell. Yeah. They are both restricted free agents. And I don't think either one of them particularly cares very much to stay where they're at. So, I mean... They haven't said one way or the other, but I don't think they're like you know partial to either place because they just got there. Wouldn't it be? I was thinking earlier, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if they just went back to their original teams? Wouldn't that? I just think that would be so funny. That'd be real. That'd be real weird. What guy happened, gets traded and then signs back to the team? It happened in Major League Baseball a few years ago. I can't remember what guy. He got traded at the trade deadline, and they got some prospects back. 
the guy went to free agency. It's like, almost like they planned it. Like they had a bad season. They let him, you know, let him go, get traded, play what, half a season somewhere, and then came back and re-signed with them after his team got a haul of prospects. I can't remember who it was. They were talking about it on the Braves pros- uh, uh, um, broadcast the other day because they were talking about doing the same thing with Freddie Freeman, which I hope is I hope they don't do. I hope they don't trade Freddie Freeman, but it's evidently being discussed. Um, but yeah, I, I heard them talking about that. It, it happened to somebody a few years ago, which is crazy. That would be something else. Uh, let me see. What else do we have on the docket today? Um, we've got some college football news that's been happening lately. Um, the NCAA is continuing to be very scummy as they as usual. They're getting their ass kicked in the courtroom lately, um, which is wonderful to see. We always love to see. Um, but um, I just I can't believe. Mark Emmert continues to be in such denial that it's – I mean, I can believe it because he they're terrible. The NCAA is terrible, but it, it's mind-boggling sometimes to watch how terrible they are and how, like, inconsiderate of everyone else just for money is – it's wild. It's the spirit of young adults taking advantage of them, making as much money as they can, tell them they can't do this, they can't do that. And then yeah. punishing schools for actually kind of caring about the players and taking care of them. What a shame. Now, do you do you know how the NCAA power came came to be? Did you read the quote by um what was it, Brick Abnor Ryan? what that guy's name is how what what the ncaa is doing is basically illegal as hell like obviously illegal as hell if yeah. it was in business yeah obviously yeah 100 percent. do you know how the ncaa got their quote-unquote power have you ever do you actually know when it so in the before the 50s 60s era i don't remember the exact year before that they were kind of just a figurehead and didn't really do anything and they didn't have any control if they tried to punish teams they usually would just not do it and NCAA couldn't do anything about it um the guy who was running the NCAA at the time it was a kentucky player that got a i um a ba- he wasn't he got a gift he wasn't supposed to get or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly the exact details. But Adolf Rupp allowed his team to be punished because they were the, you know, Kentucky basketball was the head of the, you know, top of the top for basketball, allowing his team to get punished so that the NCAA could have power because they approached him and told him, we need, you know, a governing body. So if you play along, everyone else will play along. Which effectively means the NCAA really has no real power. That it's it's just one really big sham that everyone's been forced to believe. And at this point, now that the teams and conferences can get their own broadcasting rights, if the NCAA does not get with the times and understand that the way the model they have is falling behind. Teams, conferences, whole conferences are going to leave the NCAA. The SEC could live on its own, without a doubt. True. The ACC could live on its own easily. And, you know, the smaller conferences will go by the wayside or they'll fall in behind the NCAA, but it will not be the money-making machine it's been. I mean, they they got to... They gotta, they gotta get with it or they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go. It's just point blank. That's just uh that's the the way of the road, so <sighs> also other NCAA news. Uh, college football playoff. Expanded in twelve games. 
I've got my opinion. What, what do you What do you think about it? Um, I think it should be six games. First two seeds have buys. Um, just so because um, college football, it's all about the bowl games at the end of the season, right? Like, you make it twelve teams. Who, who the fuck's gonna play in the Rose Bowl? Who's Who's gonna play in the Cotton Bowl? Who's gonna play in all these big bowl games? It's just what really gonna devalue them. I mean, That's I I, I still think all those games are easily playable. The playoffs already devalued them to a point because you have players skipping bowl games and stuff like that just because doesn't really mean much to them anymore. But imagine being I mean, a senior going to the Rose Bowl, the best bowl game there is. Uh, one last time with your with your um with your teammates. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think the twelve team format awesome. I think it's creative and I think it gives me more football and I like football. And I like that we'll have a chance for a Cinderella. What the only thing that I don't like is now I'm going to have to argue about them putting the undefeated team at 15 instead of because they're going to do it. You know they're going to do it. They're going to leave one of these mid-majors out just because they can. Um, You know, like last year, Cincinnati ended up, what, like 8th, ninth, or something like that at the end of the season when, before the, when they did the last playoff standings. Um, before Yeah, the, they, had, they had a couple games canceled because of COVID. And they didn't yeah. play for a couple weeks, and somehow they dropped behind teams that actually freaking lost games. Like Florida yeah, yeah. lost so, games, and I'm pretty sure they were still ahead of them. Yeah, so if they had the 12-team model, then Cincinnati would have been 13 or 14. I know it. I just know it because that's how they are. It's crazy. I just don't. But that is, I already know, is going to frustrate me. But I love the model. I love the idea. And I love that you can still have the, the bowl games because, you you know, the first four seeds get their bye. And then the winners play in the, make those the big bowls, you know. You can even add one. Oh, add no. What, what they're going to do is something like um, home, home games inside the um, actual state stadiums for the higher seeds. That's cool too. And um, the format also screws Notre Dame, since they don't play in a conference, they will never be able to get a bye. Makes me like it ten times more. <laughs> okay, you don't get to just be independent forever and live on your own rules and do your own thing. What about BYU? That's tough. I mean, they also they join a conference, join a conference, and stop dilly dallying around. Join. A conference and stop being weird, okay? It's only BYU won a national championship more recently than Notre Dame. It's only cool for the military schools. That's it. No one else should be allowed to do that. Period. Military schools aren't really independent anymore. I I know, but they're they're the they're the reasoning the independent thing was an original thing, and Notre Dame takes advantage of it, and I hate it. I hate it so much. It's so stupid. So yes, punish punish Notre Dame all you want. I'm I'm hundred percent for it. I'm cool with that. I love the format. I love the idea. I love more football. This is America. More football. All the football I can possibly handle. I love it. And we're getting an extra game in the NFL this year. Give it all to me. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Probably gonna um, shorten the regular season for college because of all all the games. You know, know that, right? Doesn't necessarily mean game, more football. If Alabama doesn't play Mississippi Valley Tech State once a year, I, I take that game out. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. Oh, they sh- they shouldn't be playing that in the first place. I agree with you yeah. there, but also. Uh, non-conference games should be more prevalent, I think. Uh, have uh, teams play like two non-conference, non-conference games. Maybe something like soccer where they have a table where the teams that place a certain place in a division play the team that play places the same spot in um, 
another conference like you know SEC East top five plays against uh uh Big Ten East um top I love five. that idea you know have Ohio State and Alabama play pretty much every year beginning of the season it, it's, it's the ACC it's, it's, it's better football. it's better than um the uh scheduling that they do right now where teams don't play each other for another 10 years after they schedule it and yeah. and for that same reason that you schedule you know someone like Cincinnati but in 10 years you don't know if they'll be good or not and then bam you're punished for having a weak schedule something just exactly stuff that and they, like that happens they all the tried, time and last year was the prime example of that that the only reason they do it is because they don't want to play good out-of-conference teams. Because Cincinnati was begging for someone. BYU is begging. Put us on your schedule. We will play you. And nobody who had open games answered, and there was a lot of them. A lot of teams had open games, and they were just like, nah. I mean, BYU always has a good schedule. Uh, For independent conference, they... You get what I mean, though. Like that, that they want it. No one wants that actual challenge if they don't have to have it. Yeah. Can all these teams stop scheduling games like ten years in advance? Like I don't care if Alabama and um freaking Michigan State are gonna play each other in twenty twenty nine. Like that's so long from now. Saban's gonna be long gone. Saban um, might be gone. Miss Michigan State. I, I'd might rather be rather schedule games like two two or three years in advance. Have your backups. You know, there's more flexibility that way. Yeah, and uh, and separate point, I think uh, this is completely. You brought it up, but it's it's unrelated. I think most American sports should go by the European soccer format with tables and then being demoted and promoted because I think then that would make it where teams, one, they can't tank. They can't tank. Because <laughs> I hate tanking. Tanking is just miserable. And you can't do what the Pirates do. Just exist to exist. Oh, true. Fuck the Pirates. They're only well, a team because the owner wants to own a team because he spends the minimum the bare minimum amount of money required to field an MLB team that's not even an MLB team. It's poor quality. It waters down the sport. It's bad. Bad. Terrible. Do you think the Durham Bulls could beat the Pittsburgh um, Pirates in a five-game series? I think they'd be, be damn close. I really do. If you put Wander Franco back down there, let's say you put Franco back at shortstop for the Bulls, and make sure that you know all their – so the guys that are, are up and down that are not regular Rays, like Honeywell um, and G-Man Choi, you put them on the Bulls, yeah, they win. They win. They win a five-game series against Pirates. I think the Bulls pitching staff is better than the Pirates pitching staff right now, other than Richard Rodriguez. Because Richard Rodriguez is fantastic, that closer. Or reliever, I guess it's more. I don't know. They they don't really have a closer. He kind of just relieves. They can't close when they're never winning. So, but yeah, I, I like the uh, the European table. I think that would be. Do you know how exciting that would be to to watch the 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 Pirates scruffle against the Diamondbacks this year to see which one is going to get sent to AAA. <laughs> I would love to watch that. I think that would be great. That, that or would actually up. be really good for baseball. Yeah, or or watch the Cavaliers get demoted for the ninth time, and they only get promoted again when LeBron comes back. Well, it's like promotion. The, LeBron comes there, and then as soon as he leaves, demotion, and then back promotion, and go back and forth. What's what's going to happen to um, lottery teams then? I mean, you still have the draft. I mean, the draft can still go that way. And the team that finishes at the bottom can still have that pick. But they don't get to stay. You know, you can work your way back up. Um, they, they will make the draft a lot more I don't think there are enough players, though. 
It's it's an, a lot more complicated draft. That's the only I think that's the only reason we do it. We don't do it because we have the draft in a different way than because they don't do anything like that in European soccer. They just sign guys. So, yeah. I don't know, and and I don't want to lose the draft. So I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, you can do that for MLB. No one watches the draft anyway. Fair. And you can just... The players that do get drafted, they spend like years in um, the minor leagues. Half of them don't even go when they get drafted. They decide to go back to school if they don't get drafted high enough. So, I mean, yeah, you can do that for Major League Baseball. And I think, I think, I think Major League Baseball has the biggest issue with the non-competitiveness because they don't have a salary cap. Because I think if they put a salary cap in, like, tomorrow, it would change the whole face of Major League Baseball. Because the Dodgers and Yankees wouldn't get to do what they get to do. Um, which I think is just boring, that they get to sign every great player in the league as many times as they want to, just because they can. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's just my take. That's just my take. I'm all for... Parity and fair play, and you know, all teams having an equal shot at a, at, a, at the championship. And I don't feel like that's a realistic thing for the uh, for Major League Baseball. Just do not. Um. Other than that, uh, speaking of, I think the last thing is um, prayers up to Josh Naylor, uh, for. Uh, having one of the weirdest, nastiest baseball injuries I've ever seen. That's pretty gross. And um oh what was uh what was the guy's name that got we had our first ejection for illegal substances. Um uh, I believe his name was Hector Santiago, who I have not previously heard of. And he claims he just had rosin in his glove. Um, so, uh, not sure if he's telling the truth. Like Mariners player. Yeah, and, and of course it's a guy I've never heard of who I, I don't care, even if he did use it, I don't think it made him that good. So, but, I don't, I don't know, it just, uh, I thought it was funny. He was laughing about it. Uh, oh, but I, still my favorite part about this so far. My favorite part, I don't know if you saw it, Max Scherzer getting checked mid-inning for the illegal substances, and his reaction is still my favorite thing I've ever seen. Because, one, he's insane. Max Scherzer is, if he didn't play baseball, would be a a serial killer, okay? Guy's got crazy eyes. They're different colors. He's very intense, very scary. Joe Girardi checked the wrong dude. Because he come out there and, you know, mate, pissed him off. That's not a guy you want to piss off. But him throwing the hat and the glove down and just being like, go ahead, check me. And then striking out the next batter and getting Joe Girardi kicked out while he walks to the dugout with his hat up and his glove in his hand. And I just, I love Max Scherzer. I hate that he's a national because I'm a Braves fan. I love Max Scherzer. Dude's in, brings intensity to baseball like no other. Oh. Well, um, I think that's all we got for today, right? You got anything else? Today, uh, all right. not really. Not really anything oh, else going looks on. Like the Suns, looks like the Suns are about to blow a three-one lead. That's oh, it's only three. Don't do that, damn right now. That, Don't do that. That's just my prediction. I will hey, not. That head coach, he's he's undefeated when he's down three one. I I I wouldn't bet against him. That's all I'm saying. I am not giving up on CP three. Okay. You can do it, Chris Paul. If you listen to this. Don't blow this, please. Don't blow this. I don't want to hear him talk about it. I don't want to hear Stephen A. Smith talk about it. I just, I don't want to see Twitter. Come on, dude. Come on. They lose game five at home like this, the way that they're losing right now. They're not going to win game six. 
They're and losing. Game they're game losing. Game seven is going to be a free for all. They're down by twelve with four minutes left. They're probably losing tonight. They're going to go into LA on what Wednesday. They're going to go into LA and they're going to win by double digits. Are you calling that? Calling. They're going to go into LA. If if they lose tonight, let's say they don't come back, which I don't think they will, because they're not playing very well tonight. They lose tonight. They're I. They're going to go in LA and win by double digits. And Chris Paul is going to have a double double. Is that a guarantee? That's a it's a frankly guarantee. Slap it on. Take it to the bank. Write that down. Right if, you're, if you're gambling, take it to the bank. Take them, take the spread, and then add to it. Get you more money. All the people listening, don't listen to this fucking idiot. Hey. Tell it. When I'm right, you're going to have to apologize to me on, on, on the next episode. Okay? okay, sure. I guarantee I won't be fucking apologizing to you. That is a great way to end the episode. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Um, if you get a chance, go ahead and go follow us on all our social media. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. 